I think you can move the wall now. I want to keep it there. For... Well, can we move it a little bit so I'm not so I can see you? <laughs> Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that says if I'm going down, I'm going down lighting this tribal council on fire. I am your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, what have you been on fire lately? Lit, uh, lit, litten, litten's a Pokemon. Yeah, I, or a pharmaceutical. Oh. Who's to say? Who's to say? Um, What have I lit on fire lately? N- you know what? Not nearly enough things. One thing <laughs> I miss about living in a rural area, bonfires. Oh, sure, sure. I miss bonfires. You can't do that in the middle of the city? No. <laughs> there are decidingly no. There are exclusive codes not allowing you to do that. And like, I don't know if you've known this from your time living here, Stephen. Chicago takes fire really seriously. Hmm, I wonder why. Yeah, can't imagine why. Is not the, like two of the greatest fire-based tragedies in the United States are based here. Is there a good reason for that? <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Okay. What have you lit on fire lately? Uh, a candle. A candle? A candle, that's it. And your time trying to figure out why the audio is so Oh my god. Up. So much time. That's <sighs> time that I will never get back for a stupid, stupid fix. And I hope it's fixed, and I hope I don't have these same issues once again, because boy, did I spend a long time editing that last episode, Jared. You did a good job. I, I didn't notice. Good, because I, like I said, I scrubbed every single line for... We record in two sides, so when I was talking, I would delete your half of it. When you were talking, I would delete my oh half my of God, it no. for every single line. Oh, I didn't know what you meant by that. That's so bad. Yeah, it's it was everything. It took me hours. Oh, my God, Steven. You're, <laughs> do you dream in my voice? Sometimes. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Halloween, Jared. It is. Happy Halloween to everyone out there, even though this will be two or three days after Halloween. Happy Halloween. I like your uh, drunk man costume. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not drunk yet. Oh, okay. You're just wearing a, a Guinness t-shirt? Yeah. Just It's it's comfy. It's, listen, if your partner, your spouse, there's the word I was looking for, Miss Boos. is going to throw a comfy movie party, I'm going to dress comfy. All right. And that's what we're doing tonight, a comfy that, movie that party. That is what we're doing. We're after this. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm I'm feeling pretty chill. It's been busy couple days here at work, so I'm I'm excited to just like relax. When have you ever relaxed? It doesn't happen. I don't let you do that. <laughs> that is true. But hey, guess what? It's Tuesday and we don't have softball. That's true. <sighs> Speaking of things that we have emails if you want to email us feel free to do so survivor tbt at gmail.com or you can message us on reddit u slash survivor tbt jared we have a new emailer Ooh, from julius julius the term for the presumed winner giving us a nice correction here or this is a question that we asked to the general audience general audience and we're coming through in the latest episode, you were talking about needing a term for the person who gets taken out at the end as the biggest threat to win, like Lex, Kathy, and Rob C. I believe the term most commonly used for that is fallen angel. Ooh. It's a little more melodramatic than Survivor needs it to be, but it sure is. It's pretty great. Yeah, that's that's kind of metal. I love it. Thank you so much, Julius. Love the podcast. Keep it up. Thank we'll, you. We'll do it for you, Julius. Ah. Love that. I love. We were gonna quit, but Julius, we'll keep going now. I'm sorry, we were gonna quit. You're gonna have to talk this over with me. No, we weren't. From Josh, Josh, I wrote something similar back in Marquesas, but Boston Rob's strategy basically consists of surrounding himself with people who will do what he says. Yes, he surrounds himself with people like Amber, Big Tom, Alicia, and Rupert, who will never ever betray anyone. In the DVD commentary tracks for these episodes, Lex and Kathy compare talking strategy to any of these people to talking to a wall. Ooh. <laughs> now, I, I'm going to disagree on one person in there. All right. And it's Amber. Sure. 
I don't think Amber just does whatever Boston Rob says. Mm-hmm. I also don't think that Amber would not necessarily betray him if she needed to. Oh, you think Amber's ready to pull the knife? I don't think she has to. But I think if push came to shove, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think that's why he loves her. Yeah, okay. Online fans hated this season for two reasons. One, the boot order, which has already been talked about. Yeah. Two, people did not like how much screen time Robin Amber got. I, that's, I'm, that's, I'm running into that right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Ugh. Yeah. One thing to keep in mind is that reality TV at this time had almost zero success with long-lasting relationships. Sure. Big Brother 2 had the OG showmances in Will and Shannon slash Mike and Krista break up immediately, and The Bachelor still has not produced a successful relationship. So I ha- I have looked at this. Is that... You, look, you did your research. Is that true? The... From what I can tell, Survivor has a longer-lasting... For people who are committed from the show, sure. has better track record than The Bachelor. That's the that's trauma bonding. Yes, it's <laughs> it's and we'll get into a little bit why. Okay, but one, I just I just don't think reality dating shows set you up for success. Like nothing yes. about it gets you ready for the real world. Correct, and like this is not a dating show. And dear God, should I? not be giving dating advice (laughs) that being said sometimes you find things when you're not looking and like if you're on a show competing and you and you're like oh okay this person here all right or after you're on the show you meet somebody from another season we've talked about people that have gotten Mm -hmm. engaged and married from that were on different seasons it's a lot different than being there for that ostensive purpose whereas like i can see how on a show like the bachelor you get swept up in the competition you forget to ask, wait, do I actually really love this person? Yeah. Or am I just trying to win? <laughs> That's actually, okay, side tangent. There's a show that me and a uh, friend of the show, Michaela, Steven Spouse, have watched a few episodes of called Farmer Wants a Wife. <laughs> Everything about this just, okay. It's awful. <laughs> it's fun, but it's awful. But it is also surprisingly wholesome. Like, there's a lot of dialogue, both, like, from the show and from the, the girls, the, the contestants. Are, it's, it's like, four farmers and, like, three, and then, like, a bunch of women. About, like, do I actually like this person slash do I want to live on a farm slash, like, do I see my life going this way versus, like, The Bachelor where they're like, I will stab that other girl's eyes out to get ahead. I don't I'm give a, a fuck. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get them. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, People hated it so much that they started calling it All-Star Survivor. So when abbreviated, it spelled out ass. Ah. Nice. All right. Jeff was initially harsh on it as well, calling the concept of All-Stars a mistake. That would not be repeated. However, I think he pretty quickly changed his mind on that. Yeah, it obviously gets repeated. I also don't think the idea of it is a mistake. Yeah. In 2009, right before Heroes vs. Villains was about to air, this was his... Season rankings. Borneo, 1 of 19. Pearl Islands, 5 of 19. All-Stars, 7. Oh. Outback, 8. I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to pause you there. Okay. So he hated All-Stars. Correct. He said we never should have done it. Hated the concept of All-Stars. 7 out of 19. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. We're in for some bad seasons. I love that you're reading between the lines there. Australian Outback, 8. Amazon, 10. Africa, 12. Marquesas, 18. Thailand, 19. And that's of 19 seasons. Correct. Yeah, okay. So we're not going to get worse than Thailand. That is correct. In the first 19 seasons, at least. According to Jeff, that is correct. That's true. I don't agree with all of Jeff's opinions in there, but... Mm. Interesting. Cool. Coming in from Carl. Carl's episode 12 email. I've actually read about the cricketer Brian Lara before. He's apparently the biggest celebrity in all of Trinidad. Steven's right. Those people love them some cricket. It's true. I've actually... Which island was it? I think it was on St. Kitts, where it's it's very hilly. And when you're, like, traveling across the island, pretty much the only way to go is up. So you get, like, to the top of all these hills, and you can look down. And at one of the valleys is a big cricket pitch, and that's the West Indies cricket pitch. Wow. Yeah. Mm. 
I got to see it while the place that I see on TV all the time. Neat. Neat. When you mean all the time, you mean like when you were watching cricket on the cruise ships? Correct. Yeah, okay. Yeah. West Indies, baby. They wear green. Anyway, feel for you, Kathy. Picture the episode. It's just sad, <laughs> Kathy. Sad, Kathy. Notes to add what? Um, <laughs> what? You sang that in the tune of Red Robin. <laughs> yeah. So I went, yum? Oh. I didn't hear what you said, but I just, I never mind. I'm going to keep going. Right. <laughs> to add on to what Josh said, people were disappointed in the season, not because of the boot order, although that's indeed a big reason, but also because of how negative it was. We already had Jenna's mom's death, yeah. Sue's sexual assault, yep. the Robin Lex drama, and spoilers, we're not done. I mean, these these two episodes are with pre- are Sheehan pretty, are pretty catty. Pretty brutal. Not just with like the, with the rest of the tribe, too, but like with Sheehan hanging around, it is ugly. Yeah. Vibes were just hellish for a huge chunk of the season. Uh-huh. I like Jared's point about the players possibly refraining from making moves in order to maintain their out-of-game relationships. I think another reason the game is less dynamic is likely the scaled-up pay. Sure. I mentioned this before, but I, I just to repeat myself, fourth place, fifth place, etc. will earn much more this season than previously. That makes sense, too. There is actually a benefit to coming in fourth over sixth. Yeah. People are more okay riding it to, uh, oh, maybe I can do whatever, and then I'll still get a payday. Yeah. What Jared says about Lex being a threat to rally opposition is why I think Rob made the right move in taking him out. The more I thought about it, the more I think that's true. Yeah. I also liked Rob in this episode. Overall, I found him entertainingly unlikable, but this episode, he was cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I Rob is on camera a lot for a reason. Because he is a little controversial, but not so controversial that a lot of people are going to be like turn he's not assaulting people you know like he he's, he's playing, low bar he's being a heel but he's not playing a heel like okay. he's, he is a he is a natural villain but he's not um it's all it, it's all the game to him mm. like not everyone a lot of the people in this season are taking things very personally sure we're gonna see a lot this episode with like Shein is just saying mean personal things and last episode too and Rob doesn't care. He's there to he's there to play a game and like it, he's going to get to day 39 and memory hole this experience. I mean not really, <laughs> but like he's going to memory hole those bad moments cuz they don't matter because they were the game. Sure. Not since Greg's sister in season 1 have we seen such tomfoolery in the home videos. Great callback. But how quickly they forget CC Heidek. Brian Oh, oh God, I forgot. <laughs> I tried to forget that season so hard. Yeah. I don't think Big Tom and Alicia have spoken to each other. Nah, Tom told told her she had a nice rack, remember? Oh, yeah. That yeah. got him some points. <laughs> Yay. I love Kathy, too, and it's crazy how far Jared has come with her. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember exactly what he, he was saying after the first episodes of Marquesas, but it was definitely not what a great player this woman is. No, it was, it was the... I remember the moment very clearly because it's her when she's like arguing with them about like how to get food. And I was like, if I was stuck on an island with Kathy, I would walk into the ocean and never return. And now I'm like, I want Kathy in every season of Survivor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so much good stuff. Thank you, Carl. Uh, Let's go one more email and then we'll, we'll move on. Tyler, Tyler, The Surreal Life is a reality show where a group of celebrities spend two weeks living in Glenn Campbell's former mansion in Hollywood Hills. I have seen this show. I remember very specifically Vern Troyer being on that show. But why? Not you watching it. Why does it exist? I don't know. Because D-list celebrities need something to do and a way to make money. And people will watch them, I guess. Correct. (laughs) While cameras followed their lives. So pretty much celebrity real world. The first two seasons aired on the WB and then the show moved to VH1. And it's actually what would spawn the crazy flavor of love. I love New York shows that took over VH1 in the mid to late 2000s. Oh. 
You don't you don't remember those shows? Not I, I like you know when you remember something from a long time ago, but uh-huh. like it's amorphous. Like you can't remember what it is, but you remember that it existed. It was it was there. Yeah, that's kind of that's my that's all I have is just that feeling of like that sounds very familiar. Sure. <laughs> all right. I I remember they got their hooks into that like weird D-list celebrity dating realm with I don't remember who was first. It might have been Flavor of Love with Flavor Flav, and then I was gonna say that sounds like a show that would involve Flavor Flav. It as is a Flav. joke. No, it is Flavor Flav. Of course it is. He was wearing a, a big clock the whole time. Of course he was. Yeah, and then they also did one with Tila Tequila, which was I don't know if you remember Tila Tequila, but she was like also I don't even know if you would call her D list. She's she was pretty down there. She was like MySpace famous. Oh, and then she might have been a recording artist. Anyway. Her her big thing was that it was she was bisexual, so she would have she would date both women and men on the show, and it was groundbreaking. And actually, it was very groundbreaking. For, I was gonna say that actually it sounds kind of groundbreaking for cable television. Like that's that's big for most dating shows. That's still groundbreaking. Correct. Although I did have this conversation with I've had this conversation with several people when they were like, "Why isn't there like we talk about the Bachelor? Why isn't there like a gay Bachelor?" I'm like, "No, you don't understand because they could just date each other." Like, you can't have a show where, like, you have one person that's held up. It's a good point. Unless there's a reason that they are a scarcity. That's a good point. <laughs> At that point, like, you have to ch- you have to do a completely different show. That show doesn't work that way. I see what you're saying. I'm seeing ads for, and again, I don't watch these shows, but I'm seeing ads for The Golden Bachelor. Yeah, I've heard it's, like, somebody who was on it a long time ago is, like, coming back and is it's, like, old, they're, like, older. Like, he got divorced and, like... It's senior citizens? No, no, no. Like, it's senior citizens. There's no way he could have been on The Bachelor, because The Bachelor started in, like, the 2000s. Dude's, like, 63 to 70. Okay. I'm pretty sure he's a a widower. Oh, okay. And he's just, he's looking for love in his late years. I did see a TikTok of, like, some of those senior uh, women being out of pocket on the oh, first really? meeting. Like, oh, no. N- not being coy about like, <laughs> all right, so I will fuck you right here, right now if you want. Oh, damn. Aggressive. Well, <laughs> post-menopause, you can get what you can get, I guess. They've lived a lot of life. They yeah. know what they want. Yeah. I, I have no shame in this. Like, nope. you, you do you. They're actually bringing the Joe Schmo show back for another season next year on TBS. That's pretty funny. That's wild. The Survivor community refers to the last person eliminated before Final Tribal Council as Fallen Angel. So that's multiple people saying oh, Fallen okay. Angel. So it must exist. Yeah, I wouldn't say the 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 third contestant's always a Fallen Angel. That Okay, that's a good point. I, I agree. For a long time, Survivor All-Stars was lumped in with Thailand as one of the worst seasons ever. Oh, I wouldn't go that far, but it's not great. Yeah. Over the last 10 years or so, its reputation has improved and is now generally considered a middle rank season. Granted, probably still lower middle, but definitely an improvement over how it used to be perceived. Mm. So I'm interested to see where you end up putting it in your rankings, because I feel like it's a good conversation to be had, because there's good stuff, but I can also see if it gets put down pretty far. Yeah, I mean... And don't spoil. I'm not. I'm not. I will say I'm having more fun watching this season. Okay. And some of the other seasons. Okay. Like, even though I don't consider the season to be good, per se, it is entertaining. Mm. That's where I leave it at. Okay. Cool. And then uh, just have some... Uh, just a few emails. I have a finale email that's already come in, so that's wow. great. And one for scheduling purposes uh, that I'm going to leave. This is uh, another one from Josh. Should Steven should decide whether America's Tribal Council should be in the final episode, counted as a bonus episode, or skipped. I will probably put that in as a bonus because that's a, a lot to talk about, but I don't know. Well, that is we'll so. see, yeah, we'll we'll get to that. We, essentially at this point in the season, they start announcing America's Tribal Council, where America votes for things. And we've talked about it a little bit where like they're going to vote for the hottest contestants to ever play the game. Got the it. the 
sneakiest. The I don't know the exact categories, but then they're also voting for their favorites. Oh, there there is one that they they vote very specifically on. Vote for your favorite Survivor contestant, the most likable, whatever you want to call it, hmm. and there is something hooked to that. So we'll get back to so that. So what does Rupert win? <laughs> we'll get back to that. <laughs> cool. That's all I have for emails. Anything you'd like to say? No, I've said a lot. Okay, cool. Then I'm going to hit that unread button to make sure that I actually remember to go back and read this email. And we're good. Bumper. All right, so this episode came out on April 29th of 2004. A lot happened in the week between episodes. You don't say. So the first one is NFL Draft. Old Miss quarterback Eli Manning, first pick by the San Diego Chargers. He was an old Miss? Oh, wow. Yeah. We also wasn't a Charger, Stephen. Well, I, I'm aware. Do you know how that happened? I know the shenanigans. Yeah, okay. I know that he was drafted, and he's like, I am not playing for San Diego. Yep. And then they swap picks with the with New York. Yeah. Basically, he was like, no, this, the, I think it was... It was one of the other Mannings that had, like, a contract there, and they were like, this organization is a dumpster fire. Do not play for them. Oh, I didn't know that bit. I thought he was just being a whiny baby. No, 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 no. It was like, hey, this is super mismanaged, and their owner's a piece of shit. Like, this will destroy your career. Go somewhere else. Cool. And, I mean, they switched it for Phillip Rivers, so it's not like... Yeah. There was a no-lose situation in that for everyone, which is good. Except for Drew Brees at the time, but then he ended up going, because he was the Chargers quarterback, and he got traded that year. He played that year and then ended up in the for the Saints. That's true, but he would have been booted anyway if they kept Eli. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, in that scenario, three people won. That's true. Drew Brees got a Super Bowl. A rare win-win-win. Yeah. Hmm. The only one who didn't get a Super Bowl was Philip Rivers. True. I guess Philip Rivers lost. (laughs) Oof. Well, he has like 37 kids. (laughs) Um, This one, I don't know this person, but I wanted to highlight them anyway. Uh, Winston Hudson, American civil rights activist in rural Mississippi, dies at 87. Sounds like a new girl character. Well, it's kind of like Winston. Winston. Okay. Never mind. Go on. (laughs) This one, much less serious. Shrek the Sheep from Terrace Central Otago, New Zealand, is finally shorn on live TV after six years avoidance. The fleece weighed 60 pounds. This is what the sheep looked like, Stephen. <laughs> I am seeing just a clump. That is that is a ball of sheep. It is. Um, it like hidden cave systems and other things <laughs> for six years after it escaped like a farm. Um, and it was, like, nationally broadcast on New Zealand television and became, like, a national mascot. And for those wondering at home, yes, it is named after Shrek the Ogre. Good. What If a sheep just, like, was off in the wild, would they just suffocate themselves eventually? I don't think sheep exist in the wild. Well, correct. It's a domesticated animal. But, like, if we just... Yes. Shearing okay. them is, is, like, a humane thing to do. Yes. But if we don't... I believe, yes, eventually they will just die under the weight of their own. It had to come from a wild animal at some point that we domesticated. Yeah, yeah. I I don't. I'm I'm sure, like with many things, we we tweaked with it. We selective breeding it to get it to like keep growing and growing and growing. But fuck, how did we get here? I don't know, Stephen. Cool. And this is man-made horrors beyond our comprehension. I'm oh, survivor. Yeah, speaking of man-made horrors beyond our comprehension, uh, Dick Cheney and George W. Bush testify before the 9-11 Commission in a closed, oh. unrecorded hearing in the Oval Office. Shit. Never know what was said there, but they testified to the Congressional Committee. Unless you're Nixon. <laughs> he, he's still recording. <laughs> uh, Oldsmobile builds its final car, ending 107 years of production. Wow. Yep, and that was on the day this episode came out. Okay. Uh, yeah, by Usher. Still the top song. Damn, I think that's going to make it the entire season. I was going to say, that's about the entire season, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. The top five movies. Now, this is confusing. Both The Passion of the Christ and Hellboy are number five because they both made exactly $202,000. So, I've always wondered this, and I, I assume box office numbers are generally an estimate at some point because... If you're tracking to the 
Nobody's like and thirty seven cents when reporting box office numbers. Yeah. At some point, they just have to be like, "This is the average ticket price. This is how many tickets we think were sold." Is the I don't even know if the box office price or the box office like revenues are how much people spent money or how much money theaters paid studios because they probably sell it by the ticket like a certain ticket sharing revenue i'm not really sure somehow they made the exact same amount of money and if the way you're saying it is true that means in america the exact same number of people on this day saw passion of the christ and hellboy or about the same exactly the same i would again i feel like it's rounded to the nearest hundred or hundred nearest thousand or something Number four is The Punisher. <laughs> Number three is Kill Bill Volume 2. Number two is 13 Going on 30. And number one is Man on Fire. What? In a Mexico city racked by a recent wave of kidnappings, ex-CIA operative John Greasy, played by Denzel Washington, nice. reluctantly accepts a job as a bodyguard for nine-year-old Lupita, played by Dakota Fanning? Hell yeah. <laughs> the daughter of wealthy businessman Samuel Ramos, Mark Anthony. Oh. Just as Creasy begins to develop a fondness for the young girl, a bloodthirsty gunman, Jesus Ochao? Okeo? O-C-H-O-A. Not sure. Kidnaps her. Now Creasy must pick off a succession of corrupt cops and criminals to reach his ultimate object of vengeance. O-C-H-O-A? Ochoa? Ochoa, maybe? Ochoa? Ochoa, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs> Moving on. What do you think the reviews are for... Man on Fire. So I feel like I have seen this movie, but I don't remember anything about it. I'm going to go. It's it's going to be a pretty middling 72 critic score, 62 audience score. You're kind of close on the audience score. Okay. The thing is... This is a pretty large divide between the two. Oh, really? Critics gave it a 39%. Damn. Audience give it an 89%. Okay. 50, is that 50? Yeah, 50 point gap between the two. This is also the rise of the action movie. Yes. And like between this and Fast and Furious. Re-rise. I mean, yes. Yeah. They've always been around, but I feel like this is the point where they start hitting and then they never stop, and they have not stopped since. Yeah, they ebb and flow. I think, like, Transformers was a big deal, but, like, after that, I think people kind of fell off them for a while, and they came back. Well, I think the biggest thing that has perpetuated it is the comic book movie. Oh, which, that's true. I don't really consider that, like, an action movie. It kind of blends it together, though. It is action. Like, the whole purpose of Iron Man was to draw in the action movie fans and the comic book nerds that's true so and it worked and absolutely worked. comedy yeah yeah hmm. cool that's all i got for the, for historical context for april 29th of 2004 hell yeah then let us start our episode episode 14 shapira surprise she has lost her goddamn mind okay hold on now talk to me about this that's the first thing I have written down, and it's it it just is over the entire episode. <laughs> like she has, she snapped, man. I like her losing Kathy turned her into a crazy person, and we talked about it a little bit in emails. These people don't just like want to win; they want the others to lose. Mm-hmm. They are starting to fucking hate each other. <laughs> I think that these are probably the most irritable con- living conditions we've seen. Again, going back to last episode, going back to last episode, very wet, very moist all of the time. You are uncomfortable and you're you're irritated. Nice, but god damn, I I love Shean up until these last two episodes. I was glad when Shean was gone. By the end of this. And I think America would probably agree with you on this. However, I again, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take an argumentative stance on this. I think Shean is doing what we have asked contestants to do for so long and not just lay down and die. 
And she she is. She's being a little pushier than she probably needed to be, but she is not taking it laying down. I disagree. Because okay. I'm okay, imagine if Sheehan got voted off instead of Kathy when Kathy went home. Do you think Kathy would act this way? No. Do you think Kathy would try to win would try her best to win the game and make alliances? Yes. That's the difference. Sheehan isn't isn't trying to win anymore. She's just trying to start fights with no objectives. She's she's having big feelings and just trying and just being mean to to like no strategic end. I mean, they do. We'll talk about it later, but like the montage of like what we think people are doing back at camp uh, in like the reward challenge or whatever, and uh, they say like, "Oh, Shan's probably making an alliance with a bush." Like, because she doesn't talk to anyone, it seems like. And to her credit, they don't seem to want to talk to her. She's burned. She lit those bridges on fire. I, I wildly disagree because I feel like in the last episode, we saw more than anything else that no one wants to work with her. No yes. one wants to even think about working with her. And she has exhausted all of her possibilities. And she is still trying to dig and dig and dig and make something happen until she, at the end of this episode where she's like, I know I'm gone. I'm gonna light this place on fire. I'm gonna I'm gonna air out everyone's dirty laundry because they won't do shit, and I want to get in on this. I did like her vote, and w- when we get there, I, I have some praise to throw at that. But I just don't feel like she's. I feel like she's just trying to burn the world because she's mad. Like it doesn't feel like she's working to actually. And and maybe it's too late. Like maybe that that's something that had to be done two three episodes ago. But you mean when Kathy said things needed to be yeah. done? <laughs> yeah, that would have been a good time for everyone to do it. And I talk about what we talked about in emails. It I think it's also kind of hard when you have somebody like Big Tom. Is do you think Big Tom ever wins a game of Survivor with just who he is as a person? Yes, but the odds are very very low. Yeah, I think it would have to be like a bitter jury. Like, I think Tom would win not because Tom would win in a final tribal. It'd be because, it'd be because the other person lost. Mm-hmm. Like I, it, I could see a person who is so unlikable bringing Tom because they think he's a goat. But really, he is much more likable than that other person. And so if you're Tom, and I think Tom, I think for all of the, the shit we give Tom, and rightfully so because it's fun and also sometimes true, I think Tom is very self-aware. Oh, absolutely. And I think... Tom knows that he can't win this game. We talked about the increased pay scale. We talked about relationships after the fact. We also, Tom just is kind of like in the old boys club where he's like, no, nah, I don't really care. I'm comfortable. What? A, it's fine. He's going to make a lot of money off this. Why would he shake things up? He has no incentive to do so. I mean, winning. But we, he doesn't win. No matter what he does, he doesn't win. So like, Three, two, you know, four, three, two, wherever in there, with the incentive structures the show has set up, mm-hmm. and with where he's at in the game right now, he has no reason to do anything. Sure. Let me clarify. I think at this point in Survivor, he has no path to win. Like, the way the show is set up at the moment, I don't think he... One has the moves to be made, but it can also come out of making moves as likable enough to win because you're making a fine line of who's making moves and versus how do I do I respect the person who screwed me over? It doesn't happen yet. Like right now. No, but in the future, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. It's just so weird how this season has digressed in all the stuff that's happened up until this point Mm -hmm. of the game getting less tribal of people being better at acknowledging who's going to win and taking them out at people playing more selflessly. And I can, I was just, I was thinking a lot about what you, what was said in emails and all of that. And I'm thinking like maybe the, like, I don't think all stars is a mistake. I think it's a, a great concept, but I think they set it up all wrong. How so? Not nearly enough mixing rounds of the tribes early. And, like, the three-tribe experiment, that was probably smart. Yep. But not nearly enough mixing up. I mean, they did break up Saboga, but Shapira just got to kind of stay together for 25 days or whatever it was. Um, (laughs) There was an attempted shakeup. 
yeah, and that didn't go well. It was also way too late. That I agree. You should have done that days before that. I think the increased pay scale, I understand why they had to do it, but that's kind of a deterrent in and of itself. I think bringing back winners was probably a mistake. Like, if they would have advertised it as all-stars, like, the best who haven't won or something like that, you should be like, no, we're not having any winners come back because then you've just... I think that's second chances. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that, that is kind of second chances. That kind of set for losers right away. Like we talked about, like, nobody was going to let a winner make it very far in this game, and none of them even made the merge. Sure. But I feel like they need to let that happen. Yeah. Like, the world sure. needs to acknowledge, oh, okay, it is so difficult for a winner to win again. That's fair. Like, it's near impossible. Any number of these factors in a vacuum without the other ones, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. All of them together have sort of created this mess and I also wonder if, like, some of them kind of feel that. <laughs> We're like, oh, God, we know how this ends. Like, I maybe they don't know who wins, but, like, God, I don't want to be doing this again. I've been here for so long. We kn- The last three votes have pretty much been set in stone. So, like, for nine days, there's been no new stimulus, basically. <laughs> or, like, really since the merge. Like, except for when Xi'an won immunity. It's entertaining, if not a little frustrating to watch. Yeah. I'm kind of riffing, but that's... <laughs> I, I was just trying to think of all of the all of the problems and all of the reasons why. We started on like being like, Shean is losing her mind. But I think that kind of shifted into a conversation about how everyone out there that isn't Boston, Robin, Amber have kind of lost their minds. Sure. I was waiting for you to end so that I can be like, audience... Settle the score for us. Tell tell us your opinions on on Shean. I mean, even at Tom at this point, if you want to, uh, yeah. This I want I want to hear what you guys think about this because I I I feel like I am sitting here and I absolutely empathize and relate to Shean in her position. So let's. I'm, I don't want to talk about it anymore because sure. we could keep going. So let's let's get into the episode. It's <laughs> we're like forty minutes in. I know. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, we start the episode out. The sun is out. Shein is it's bummed. Like, this isn't brightening my mood. It's I'm alienated. I'm sick and tired of Jenna. She's bossy. Uh, she drops a, a bitch. Yeah, that, yeah. Incredibly personal. Yeah. Everyone on this beach now hates each other on a personal level, at least right now. Yeah. Rupert's still the provider, but Rupert's having a, a little, I don't know what you call this, not a hissy fit, but... It's a little bit of a hissy fit. It's a little bit of a hissy fit. Like, no one wants to help clean the fish. It, he's like, hey, I caught all these fish. Can someone help? And then no one moves. And so he only cooks the one fish so that he can eat. And then it, it just blows up from there. Jenna tries to talk him down. But even Rupert's like, Jenna's becoming a pain in my ass. I'm sorry I'm in an alliance with her. I, yes. And this whole fight is stupid and I don't care about it. <laughs> I just don't. Sure. There is one thing. They they need to be careful with Rupert and the camera angles they show him on um, because he got out of the water and his swim trunks were clutched to himself and you could just see his entire penis. Oh, I don't mind that. Like, yeah, you can keep that. Rupert's giant horse-sized dong just fucking, like, wet t-shirt contest. And they just leave it out there for Survivor. No filter, no nothing. Okay, so there, there's a conversation to be had about editing and, um, like, skin-tight things. Like, the, the same idea is to be had with, like, any woman who goes into a lake with, with a non-transparent, like, clothing. That's fair. If, if you can see the shape, but not the actual thing does it count as nudity i guess not yeah all right and also congrats rupert yeah oh okay i (laughs) i did not pick up what you saw but all right (laughs) the thing's like the size of my forearm good for good on you rupert good for good for future uh in this episode laura (laughs) all right yeah so she ends like, hey, I wouldn't count myself out yet. The she-devil has some tricks up her sleeve. This is setting up for the I'm trying. 
I'm yeah, trying but... everything. The she-devil just yells at people and <laughs> says mean things. Moving on to the reward. Yeah. The... <laughs> so this is the, the family reward. We're, we're bringing everybody in. They're like, hey... Look at your family. We have Amber's mom, Rob's brother, Shan's mom, Tom's son, who looks suspiciously suspiciously like Rob Gronkowski. That is Rob Gronkowski. Oh, okay. Jenna's brother and Rupert's wife. So, okay, I have a couple observations for this. Go on. We're running long, so I'll keep them short. Something I noticed about Boston Rob that can never articulate in both seasons is he always looks like he's looking around for a threat. He hugs his brother and the minute he gets to hugging him, his eyes dart left, right, up, and let's like checking the perimeter. And I'm like, what are you looking for? He's in danger always. Uh, Jenna having to call her brother over to the mark was hilarious mm-hmm. because, like, for those of you that don't know TV, film, whatever, um, if you could see on the ground where the survivors are standing to meet their loved ones, there's like a little blue like cloth thing on the ground. That's their mark. That's I'm saying. Like, hey, the cameras are pointed here. Hit your mark. That's where we're going to get the best shots of you embracing your loved one. And Jenna's brother just stands there waiting for her to run over. And she's like, no, come here. Come to me. I cannot move. (laughs) We have things to say about Jenna's brother in this one. He's he's interesting. He is interesting. Um, And then also, do you remember the reunion for Pearl Islands when, like, Jeff just talked for a weirdly long amount of time about how hot Rupert's wife was? (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, this is happening he has now met rupert's wife twice yeah. before the pearl islands reunion that's true so i don't know it's weird it is weird anyway we are doing a food challenge but the contest the survivors are not doing it the loved ones are doing it i would just they would open that i'd go no i'm surprised no one no one did that i the one thing i'll give to I think it was Brian's wife in Thailand because that's when they did this. Was like, <laughs> I think I don't remember if she ate like the first one. There's one that she ate, and then she was just like, "No, like I'm not gonna win this. <laughs> like I'm not doing all this to come in third. Valid. Yep, yep. So this is a medley of foods uh, from every single season. Yeah, it's impressive, actually. It's disgusting. Yeah. So we have. Okay, before we get into what it is, th- this is they're playing for an overnight stay with your family member, and later we find out also one more. So, first round is fish heads, and we lose one. We lose one family member per round, so it's just the last person who doesn't get it down loses. Yeah. So uh, maybe I would do the first round, uh-huh. and then I would see Bo and Johnny. Johnny being Jenna's brother, uh-huh. scarf that thing down, and I would go, cool, I'm going to tap out here. Cool him out. Just send them two to the final. Don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. First, the fish heads, Amber's mom is out, and Amber's really funny. At least you don't have to eat anything else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I feel so bad because they don't let him hug on the way out. Yeah. Which which does suck, and it, it's pretty par for the course for Survivor, but still, it's brutal having them come in, you hug them once, and then, okay, bye. But they'll see him in, like, four days, or whatever it is. Yeah. Flying Cockroaches was round two. She ends mom, and I don't, I don't, I was trying to, like, really focus on she ends mom, because I couldn't tell, like, how much communication was I, going on between one of my first questions was uh of, with her was like does she speak or understand english fluently because mm-hmm. it always it looks she, like she clearly understands what's going yeah, on yeah yeah but it, it feels like there is a a something barrier in between yeah. where she's not able to express to us what she means or like in this situ- situation where there's a lot going through your mind i'm sure it's hard to be like, okay, let me translate what I am saying into a language that I don't know as well. There's also something that happens with um, non-native speakers of languages, uh, and also in the dialects, where like if you're stressed or uh, excited or feeling basically feeling any heightened emotion, you can default to the first one you learn. So like people that have like lost their dialect or whatever, mm-hmm. or, or it's like they've lived in one area where like maybe they don't have a southern dialect anymore. Like when they get really angry or really excited, it can come out really thick. Or um, suddenly they, uh, from what I understand, can temporarily, like, 
not forget how to use the language, but like the words aren't coming to them because they're because of just the overwhelming stimulus. Yeah. And like I kept looking for her saying something in a different language and I never saw it. Yeah. So I don't know if that was a trick of editing or I'm reading way too far into it. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Uh, the Fafaru's back. <laughs> it's the fish marinated in seawater. Oh, God. Yeah. Rupert's wife is out here. That looks like the hardest one, just from their bodily reactions. Like, that seems like the worst one. Yeah, that's that's pretty brutal. Uh, the tarantulas. <laughs> baked, yeah. baked or boiled tarantulas. Ugh. Jenna's brother. <laughs> Jenna's brother fucks up. He sure does. He he drinks water and actually argues with Jeff. Now, I, I don't he, love them leaving the water there. Yes. In arm's reach. It, These aren't contestants that have been playing for a whole month. Like, I don't know, man. I probably would make the same mistake, to be honest. Yeah. They, they clearly had a way to reset, like, hands on the table. Mm-hmm. They should have had something in between rounds being like, all right, put your glass forward. Don't touch the glass. Yeah. But yes, he he fucked up. But then he fucks up even further by arguing with Jeff. It's weird. I, why did they leave that in? I don't know. Like, it's so uncomfortable. It was really uncomfortable, and I didn't like it. But I also like... I don't always like when Jeff gets on the high horse. I appreciate Jeff getting on the high horse here. Sure. He's like, no, I very clearly said what what the rules were, and you fucked up. You might not like it, but sucks. That's Sorry. the rules. And again, this is one where I'm like, you could clearly go back and edit it to make Jeff seem in the right. He was in the right. He absolutely was. That was explained. And then finally, we have the witchy grubs, and Tom's son eats it so fast, like he just throws it down. Yep. It like a second. I didn't even hardly see him move. It was impressive. It was some like Wild West cowboy shit. Yep. So Tom Tom wins by doing nothing. Old Bo. Old Bo. I love Bo. Bo's great. Uh, again, I'm going to throw this in here right now. We have a future Survivor contestant in this game. Oh. Is it because of Blood versus Water? Maybe. Does Tom come back for Blood versus Water? I'm not saying anything. <laughs> so. That, oh my god, that's great. So future Survivor contestant playing in this reward challenge. So me old boy, they do a jig. It's great. <laughs> And then they go back They're to the so Shapira funny. camp, the upgraded Shapira camp, and those pizzas looked dang fire. Yeah, they did. Oh, also, so Tom picks Boston Rob. Yes, he does. He picks who he wants to party with. Jenna is pleading, pick Rupert, pick Rupert and his wife, and he's like, Boston Rob. Yeah. I mean, listen, I wouldn't want to pick Rupert and his wife. Did you just see how long they were making out? And that's exactly what he says. I I never seen a man slobber over a woman like he did with his wife. I, I don't want to be around that for... <laughs> long it's pretty funny i want to bring somebody i can party with yeah also tom wanted to fuck like he was like he was like i wish his what was it like i wish his why i wish my wife was here and then it was unclear because most of the time when tom is talking it's unclear whether he was talking about also wanting his neighbor's wife so yeah he says i wish it had been his mother or my neighbor's sister (laughs) okay neighbor's sister that's what it was what? It, uh, Tom, you're on national TV. He's he's trying to be like cute and clever, but it 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 is weird. Like ah yes, the infidelity. Hey Tom, does your neighbor's sister know that you want to fuck her? Because <laughs> if not, you just told America before you told her. Old Appalachia, you got it. So yes, that that happens, and that's yeah. <laughs> I think the the best f- part from this reward is, I wonder what everyone's doing back at camp. This montage is great. Amber getting high on life or low on the ground. She's tanning. Rupert kissing his harpoon. Uh, pretty, He's pretty in the close, water yeah. fishing, yep. Jenna running her mouth. Also, there, there is a montage for that. Sheehan is trying to make an alliance with a bush because she's tried everyone else. And it does show her with a bush, which yeah. is kind of funny. Like I'm sure it was very handpicked material, well, of but course, yeah. still hilarious. Oh, and this is weird because it's a, it's kind of a lower key Tom. Like yeah. Tom's kind of chill in this. Like he was celebrated, but he's much more low than Rob, who's just like going off on everyone. I think Tom is just content. I think he knows that he's not gonna win. He might make second. He's going to make a good amount of money. Mm. And he's got some pizza. 
He's got some beer. And you can make it five more days. We're good. Or how many days it is. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. Then uh, Tom is Tom's just, like, chilling. And it all hinges on Rob is what he says. My, my future game plan all hinges yeah. on what Rob does. And Rob's just talking about screwing over Lex. And the dumbass actually believed me. He's so happy. He is so happy. I... I... I will say it was kind of funny when they both went with their individual family members to, like, go talk about the game. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is the first time I felt something like this was forced. Like, the show was like, all right, you guys need to go over there and talk for a little bit so go, we can get some footage. Go do something. You guys talk about strategy. And we need, like, it It felt like they were being told to go to confessionals, basically. <laughs> okay, and then that happens. They go back to camp. And then we have a weird montage where Bo is helping with the the tribe work around camp. Yeah. And Rob and his brother are just like off doing nothing, which is really funny. But then like Tom's talking about how proud he is of his son. And like he raised, like he, he was raised to get up and go do work in the morning. Yeah. And then <laughs> Rupert goes to teach him to fish. And he's like, I'm protective of this spear. So I better not lose it. And then Rupert he loses this fucking spears, man. This time. Okay. I, I got it in Pearl Islands. Uh-huh. That made sense. He has like five fucking spears. He has two spears. He has he has two spears and he has like five days left. Yes. He'll be fine. He will be. It's he he is he is holding on to like the littlest bits of sanity. I mean that he can possibly find. This is a man that like he is staring into Cthulhu's maw every day, and that spear is the only thing keeping his mind from shattering into a thousand pieces. I think that was the most descriptive thing I've ever heard you say. That was very storybook. Uh, Yeah, but, like, I get it. Like, he's he's having flashbacks to fucking, who was it, Sean? I think so, yeah. Sean or Burton, one of them. I think it was Sean. I think it was Sean, too. Losing the spear, and he's like, no, not again. But... He's he reacts well. He's super chill about it. He's not like you have screwed me. I'm not gonna scream into the ocean. Let the gods hear me. He's just like, damn it. He starts cackling to himself quietly and going, "I will wear this skin as a coat. I will." I will oh wear my it. god. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that happens. Rob's like, "Yeah, he's a bigger dumbass than his his dad." <laughs> like, oh jeez, Rob, you're going in on everyone today. All right. Immunity challenge. It's the fire seesaw. Great challenge. Welcome to the most voiced over, voiced over challenge you've ever heard. I I felt like everything Jeff said in this challenge was done in a recording booth. Probably. I don't think, I would not be surprised if his mic pack broke and he had to re-record every single line <laughs> during this challenge. There, there was a lot going on. And the biggest problem is that everyone ran out of matches. Yeah. One, the fact that they're doing matches at all is is again wild. But we've we've talked about this in this challenge before. Why not do Flint and a Machete? Because they really haven't established that as a big thing in Survivor yet. Okay. Like we we really haven't seen them use much of a Flint and Machete. They're still That's true. they're still trying to do like the rub sticks together method. I feel like they've given people Flint a lot in these early seasons. They've given it to him before, but they haven't made a big deal about it. That's true. Weird that they use they all use the matches that Rich had hidden up his ass. Oh my god. Because none of them worked! And they, they ran out. Yeah, so people scrambled to make the fire, and their biggest issue was that they didn't make a fire that stayed. Yeah. And so everyone's fire went out after they went to go lift it back to the bucket. And was it Tom that got the, the bucket up first and just... It wasn't big enough, or I maybe think it was Boston it, Rob. It was actually. Rob. You're right. Yeah. yeah, Rob gets it up, and it's just it's just not big enough. And we then go down the list of people running out of matches. Rob out, Amber out, Rupert out, Jenna out. So then you're down to Tom versus Sheehan of the people who are left with matches. Can you imagine if Sheehan won this challenge? Yes, it would have been fucking hilarious. It would have because then they would have to eat each other again. They would have just gotten rid of Tom. <laughs> maybe, you think? Maybe you th- not. You think it's know. that simple? I, I don't. I actually don't know anymore. They get rid of whoever Amber wants to get rid of. Sure. All right. It's pretty much as simple as that. Yeah. So Tom wins. Tom. Tom does the big Tom dance. We finally got an immunity. This is cute. I like this. Very yeah. endearing. I like Tom. Mo- most of the time, I like Tom. Most. Yes. 
I, until the problems pop up, I like Tom. And then we have to go, oh, yeah, that's right. He wants uh, uh, his, his neighbor's sister, huh? All right. <laughs> oh, boy. So this is this is Sheehan doing the scramble. And I do appreciate – here she's like to Tom, why not Jenna tonight? You don't, you don't like her. And Tom's like, I'd much rather be her than you. She's like, why don't you talk – why don't you do it? Like, why don't you talk to Amber and do something? And Tom's like, you're putting me – to be a goddamn hero. Essentially saying, hey, I I can't change the way this game is. Yeah. Like, I, I can't, just because you tell me, make a move, I can't make a move. And and I do understand what he's saying, and, and he, he he gets down to brass sacks. He's like, yeah, you don't have the numbers. Like, in the words of Hamilton, you don't you have don't the votes. You don't have the votes. <laughs> but, you don't have and, the votes. And this is really what I mean when I say, I don't think Sheehan is trying or maybe maybe she thinks it feels like she's trying but sure she talks one-on-one but it's all about like stuff that she and maybe this could also be editing but stuff that's very personal and i'm thinking i'm jumping ahead a little bit to tribal but like writing down the vote of the person you think is going to win instead of naming them at tribal talking about hey alicia who's sitting right over there had a deal with boston rob and Lex over there had a deal with Boston Rob before the game, although she might have said that and they might cut it out because mm-hmm. they don't want us to know that. Mentioning all the deals that Rob has. Mentioning, hey, who's next after me? Like, those conversations don't come up. It's all, oh, hey, Jenna's really annoying and she doesn't let me – she tries to, like, dictate what everyone eats. It's, like, really personal catty stuff rather than, hey, guys, we're all in this emotional mire – but who is next? And I think that's kind of where this section is, is she's going around and trying to make the, like, she's talking to all the people that matter. Yeah. She's talking to Tom. She's talking to Amber. And she's talking to Boston Rob. And I think she's getting from them exactly what we all feel, which is like, nah, she's done. She's screwed. Yeah, and I do I do truly believe by this point it, it it's just too late. Like, you've pissed them off you have made it personal over the last like several days to the point that yeah they don't want to live with you anymore let alone like they kind of your vote doesn't really help many people Mm -hmm. this is this is the part where i'm i'm reaching forward and saying boy immunity idols sure helps a game yes it does and it it sure Mix it gives threats to the people who are not threats anymore. Yep. So we'll leave that to that. Yeah. And it helps to have like that's what immunity is. Like that's what individual immunity is. However, it's really hard to go on a massive run. And only a certain type of person goes on a massive run most of the time, which is the type of people that are good at challenges. Correct. That person is not always necessarily strong big man. Um, our first challenge beast ever was Kelly Wigglesworth. Correct. <laughs> but you're either good at the challenges or you're not most of the time. And like you might have a couple, you might have certain types of challenges you're good at, but it takes like a very specific type of person to be good at all of the challenges. I don't know how to define that person, but it does take a very specific kind of person and a certain luck in the draw and the challenges you, you draw. But hidden immunity idols are open for all. Uh-huh. And yes, we will, we'll talk about that when we get there, but there it opens the game up to so much more strategy and just shenanigans, which yeah. I like shenanigans. I like shenanigans. I like a, a fair amount of shenanigans. I <laughs> like player-driven shenanigans. There you go. Anything you want to pull from Tribal? I don't know. It was just like this whole thing was fucking weird. Like she was... She was just trying to tear everyone down. I think I said, like, uh, Jenna was like, go ahead, eat, eat a lot. And, like, that felt weird, like a weird comment of, like, I hope she eats a lot or whatever in the vote when she was, when she votes her off, Sheehan. I I know exactly what you're talking about, but I I was like, is this, like, a fat shaming thing? Is this a... No, I think it's a... You're going to go home, so eat... Yeah, skinny shaming? Yeah. (laughs) Or is it, like... Go eat all you want because you're not going to be here anymore. It was a yes weird comment. I think it was a mix of all of it, but it was not very eloquently stated. Weird that they didn't show any more con- like any more of the voting confessionals when the vote was so obvious. 
Yeah, I think even when it is that obvious, they want the illusion that maybe it's not. Sure. <laughs> Otherwise, the reveal means nothing. Yeah, this is just one of the ones where, like, I can't remember a tribal since Africa where they accidentally showed the swing vote for some reason mm-hmm. where it was less in doubt. Yeah. Like, we don't even know, like, another name wasn't even floated. No. So, like, yeah, who could well, it be? Well, Jenna. Jenna was the other name. I, yeah, okay. Sheanne floated Jenna, but nobody Correct. nobody was even like, maybe I'll go for Jenna. Even Sheanne was like, nah, just vote for the person that I think is yeah. is in the best shape to win. Rupert said the nice thing and was like, yeah, I kind of wish it was like it was Jenna instead of you, but like... That was Tom. Oh, it was Tom. Okay, yep. yeah, you're right, you're right. Okay, Tom said the thing because he really fucking hates Jenna. Correct. <laughs> um, But I... I I wish, listen, I, I can be a petty bitch. <laughs> I can be a petty bitch. And writing down Amber's name is like, hey, I'm going to vote for the person that none of you are paying attention to that's going to win this game. Mm. I think everyone expected it to be Boston Rob. I think the editing makes it seem like it's Boston Rob. And and they do a good job with that. Yeah. And Do you think she's right? Yes. I've been saying she, I've been saying Amber's gonna win this game. I should have changed my vote at the merge. I said Boston Rob, but I like it's Ben Amber. Okay, it's Ben Amber for forever. Sure. I don't think that's gonna change anything in camp, but I I do kind of wish she had said it in tribal. Like, sure, your reveal is more dramatic, but you can go, hey, two people, I'm gonna like in tribal in front of everyone. I'm gonna vote for Amber. You should vote for Amber, too, because she's about to win this game if you don't. Yeah. There'll be one vote on her. Vote for her if you think I'm right. I don't think it works. <laughs> but, like, it's better than nothing. Yeah. I think the this is the one part that I'm not going to defend Shein on. I think her whole section where she's trying to coattail around the conversation back to Jenna being awful is a little it's weirdly rambly and she's like trying to air everything out and even jeff's like jeff's like are you, you feel better you you're done? done yeah like even jeff does jeff who loves stoking the fires no pun intended at tribal council is like over it yeah yeah okay we've we've talked long enough you're protagonist of the episode weirdly enough it's big tom oh okay I mean, not just because his he gets the reward. We he gets the most screen time. Mm-hmm. He's also the only like really swing vote. Not that it it ends up mattering, but this episode really does feel like a look at the island through Big Tom's eyes most of the time. Sure, because we're gonna have our beach episode with Tom. Because <laughs> who cares? Sheehan's going home. Okay, I'm gonna weirdly throw Amber just for the whole last minute of this episode she's the teaser Ooh, big tom's the protagonist she's the anime like there's a bigger boss behind it all she's the post-credit scene yes exactly (laughs) uh your how do you think she does in future survivor as far as like impact i better like i think she is a good strategist she's a bad manipulator Mm-hmm. And there was no strategy that was going to keep her in this game any longer. She was out of moves to make. Correct. She she can't do manipulation. And it sucks. Because there, this is two seasons she's been on where doors have been shut in her face outside of her control. Over and over <laughs> and over. Sure. But I think she's actually a good player. Albeit, I think the last two episodes... She is fed up and is, like I, like I said, out of strategic moves to make. And so is trying her hand at, like, manipulation and beating people up and is just so bad at it. Well, she is not coming back. This is the end of Shein. That's a shame. I agree. I love Shein. Uh, Shein, I think we said before, she's, like, a, a, a high-end realtor. Cool. In New York. Has a family. It's nice. Um, but yeah, I'm sure I will get lots of information from everyone else and we are over on this episode. So I'm just, sure. I'm going to keep moving. Anything else you'd like to say? No, thanks for listening to my incoherent ramblings as a whole tidal wave of information from the season kind of all coalesced in me at once. Woo! Bumper!
that'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Thank you, Jared. Thank you, Steven. Thank you for being... I I know, like, I put you in the spot and we argued for most of it, but I like doing this with you. I don't know. I think I put you on the spot, so we put each other on the spot. Nice. Spot bros. I'll die on any hill. That is true. I agree. Anything you'd like to promote? I would like to promote resting. (laughs) (laughs) Remembering to take breaks. Ah, yes, of course. It's very important. Mm. And I have learned that the hard way recently (laughs) and would like to remind people to do that. Nice. Good call. I'm going to furlough my, or defer, I guess is a better word. Yeah. I'm going to defer my <sighs> suggestion, what, recommendation. What's the word we use? The thing that I already said today. The thing that you promote. Plug? My promotion? promotion. I'm going <laughs> to, we're losing it. I'm going to, I'm going to defer my promotion and say I'm playing Tears of the, Tears of the Kingdom. The uh-huh. Zelda game, Tears of the Kingdom. And every time I pick up the item, the crystal titled Amber, <laughs> I think of it in Boston Rob's voice. Amber. A- Amber. 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 And then you can pick up a lot of them all at the same time. Amber, Amber, Amber. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little smile just for me. I like that. That's fun. I like that. Yeah. For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. My host Steven, this is Jared. Do it for Amber. Do it for Amber. Bye-bye. <laughs>